I didn't get up as early as I usually do. Like, I didn't do it at 5 a.m. Well, I was up kind of late last night. I did a long weekend. I do a little bit of slack, right? Oh, I yeah. was still up. Yeah, well, I, was, I was still up at like 6.45. So it's not like I was... Yeah, that's, that's fine. Later. Um, I hung out for a little bit, and then I went and did my, my usual workout. I actually ended up going pretty hard today. Um, <laughs> but that was a... A good thing and a bad thing because it's good for fitness, but less good for how I'm fucking handling the rest of my day today. Because I'm a little stiff. Mm, yeah, that's fair. But you know, other than that, just did some small chore stuff, kind of you know, usual, just tidying up around the apartment a little bit, and getting rid of the trash, and helping out with the dishes, and doing laundry Ooh. and shit. So yeah. one of those days, but it's chill. Okay, that's good. That's good. How about you guys? How was your guys' day? I mean, mine wasn't too bad. I told you just now, but Dingo didn't hear. Uh, I was helping one of my buddies move to Kingston. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he, he didn't have a lot of stuff, thankfully. It was, uh, mo- uh, I think his girlfriend has, like, a good majority of it, but we still hauled some decent things. Nice. Okay, nice, nice. Didn't go too bad, then, it sounds like. Oh no, it was fine for the most part. Had to make one trip to game, but he drove, so oh well. That's fair. Sounds did you get good. your customary pizza? I oh. no, I didn't. I wish I did. What the heck? Can't believe it. Ah, uh, the confront him be like, "What the fuck's this?" I mean, he <laughs> did say like these pizzas. <laughs> I mean, he did say like, oh, yeah, "I'll get you back" and stuff, stuff like that. But for the <laughs> most part. Yeah. Okay. No pizza, no beer. It's the law of the move. <laughs> exactly. Can't believe it. What about you, Dingo? Yeah, anything exciting happened well, or the other day I got uh actually I should start from the beginning. My I, I think I mentioned it last week, but my wrists have kind of been killing me. So oh, yeah, I've been yeah. looking into trying to make my workstation set up more ergonomically friendly so the other so i spent a good amount of money and i got a desk Ooh. frame that okay. has two motors so it goes up and down oh and i put that together today is it like a we, standing desk so, sorry yeah it's essentially oh. it's a standing desk okay um you're that and, guy no I'm just yeah saying. i'm gonna be that guy <laughs> i got hey, like no a fucking disc standing desks those those are the fucking shit, man. No, I know they are. I'm just as the stereotypical thing to do. Yeah, I got just like the metal part, like the bottom of the desk with the motors, and then I'm gonna go to like Home Depot or something, get like a Ooh. large piece of wood and put that as my uh the top of the desk. Noise. Nice, nice. Yeah, and then I got some accessories with it. I got like a keyboard tray that you can like kind of manipulate and like, move okay. around to fit like, your wrist got a uh, some padding for my mouse and keyboard and i was i was gonna say you could uh just get one of those mouse pads that have like the pads at the bottom yeah base I, of it. I, I did that too like i have it like i opened it i'm using it right now but oh, the okay. problem is what's well, more of a problem with my desk i it's well, it's my desk and my chair. I can't. I have to like stretch my arms all the way over and to an uncomfortable position to reach the stuff with the mouse pad and the pads for the keyboard. Oh. So I. So it's part of the reason I'm getting the keyboard tray. Yeah. Stuff. So when I have my new desk, I can just position it whatever's most comfortable. And yeah, that sounds better for sure. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm excited. These days, I'm gonna go shopping for the top and finish that. Yeah, I definitely feel you with like the pain caused by like your setup because my lower back has been singing to me lately. Yeah, not in a good way. I gotta get a new chair at some point. Same, I gotta get something more ergonomic for my back. Yeah, Yeah. I found my chair is pretty good. It's just maybe the arms are a little big, but for my back, it's great. Mine was good for a while, but now the like raising and lowering thing is all fucked, and it'll just like after a while of sitting on it, it'll gradually just like drop yeah. down to the lowest setting. Oh man, it, it sucks. 
man, the the chair I'm using now, like, um, uh, it has, it doesn't really have the traditional like uh, levers at the base of it that you can like let that lets you like lean back or whatever. Uh, it has the one for like letting you control the height, but when it comes to like yeah, leaning back, it just has like a bar that slides in a hole to stop it from leaning. But sometimes that bar slips out. So I'll be sitting in my chair, like leaning back, but expecting like to expecting the chair to stay upright. And then all of a sudden, wham, I feel like I'm falling backwards. And I, my knees hit the, ba- the base of my desk, makes a loud noise. Oh, man. You expected the support and it just fucking bailed. Yeah. Peace. But you know you what know doesn't bail said. on you? Oh, fuck, you're trying to... Dang. <laughs> we both went for two different segues and we collided. It's like it was a the same accident idea. on an intersection. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. Balcony banter, episode 34, we're here. We're here, we're live. Well, I mean, we're live, but you won't be... We won't be live to the listeners. It's, it's a little weird, though, I if, gotta if say. Anything. It sounds like it's pre-recorded. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that that would be the case. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. This has got out of weird vibes today, and it's because we're recording on not the day we usually record. Well, yeah, it's got it's got like layers to this because we're recording on a Thursday. Uh, it's Canada Day as well. Yeah. Uh, and this is going to be like, like not really important to our listeners, but the today Canada day, we had some fucking crazy weather for a hot minute. Holy fuck. Yeah, we did. It's nice and sunny now. Yeah. Yeah. But for like a good 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes, maybe it wasn't that long, maybe 45 at most. It was like a fucking hurricane outside. It was literally like those videos you see online. Of like just insane weather conditions, and it's like, oh shit, it's just actually happening here. Rain blowing fucking sideways. Yeah, uh, I was talking to Valentine earlier. He's like, yeah, I guess he was asking you, is that fog outside? <laughs> no, it's rain. Yeah, I like, got. Wait, what? I started looking. I realized because I, I was confused for a moment too, and then, yeah, I fucking opened up the about the balcony door, and I was kind of looking out, <laughs> like, holy fucking shit! And that's like. Uh, right near where his desk is too so he just like holy <laughs> fuck yeah it was it was nuts it was some wild shit but it was literally like uh that one family guy weatherman character just like it's raining sideways <laughs> it really was <laughs> oh. damn hitting it off with the family guy references this week. <laughs> I like it. hey man classic family guy was great oh man yeah back in the day yeah, I mean, I definitely liked it back in the day, but oh god, do I ever not care for it now? Oh yeah, I don't really follow it anymore. Yeah, it definitely fell off. Um, yeah, what else? What's new with you guys? You guys checked out anything new or interesting lately? Um, I mean, I've uh, been rewatching Attack on Titan, so I can get into season three. Oh shit! Okay, I still have okay. I still haven't seen that yet, so I'm pretty hyped for that. I'm like in the beginning of season two now, and I've al- I've already seen seasons one and two, but yeah, I just want to rewatch it. And oh man, I forgot I forgot how good good eh, good that show was. That's kind of been me lately, going back and trying to rewatch through uh, my Hero Academia, which I still to keep working through. Um, but yeah, that's. Yeah, it's kind of a similar idea. Like, just kind of, oh yeah, this was actually a pretty dope show. Why did I stop watching this? Yeah, why did I just not continue? I mean, it could have been that there wasn't, you know, there was only the one or two seasons, and then you never had time to catch up when the new ones came out. I mean, that happens to me all the time with stuff. Well, yeah, that definitely became the case of my hero after a point. <laughs> but... Well, I think for me, Attack on Titan, like season three, just wasn't out when I. Uh, first watch it. Yeah, let's see. When that, but she's out now. I mean, she, it's been out for a while, but I'm finally gonna gonna watch it. <laughs> I've heard good things, man. I have heard really good things as well. As have I. I've been a little curious to go back because 
back in high school when the first uh season came out and it was first starting to really kind of like hit it big i was checking it out then and yeah it was it was pretty cool but i don't know i just haven't had a big drive to go back and and revisit it for some reason even though like after i finished season one i was like hyped up for the next one but it just by the time it came out i don't know you're just kind of out of that phase i i guess yeah i guess yeah i mean that's what happens when anime takes too long to get new stuff out people lose interest you gotta strike while the iron's hot as they say i guess yeah mm-hmm Unless you're even Galleon, and then you can just take literal fucking, like, years, many, <laughs> many years to get a movie made, and you'll still just do fucking bang. Knocks it out of the park. It's even Galleon. <clears throat> well, because I think they originally, like, the rebuild film series was supposed to be, like, it was supposed to be, like, four films that were going to come out in a much shorter time span than what it's taken for them to happen, but... You know what? We got Shin Godzilla in the midst of it, and I can't complain about that. So, oh, yeah, did you finish that? Shin Godzilla? I yeah, finished I... Shin Godzilla. I watched Shin Godzilla a long time ago. Oh, oh did, what did the new? Oh, uh, Godzilla Singular Point. Yeah, that's sorry. That must be what I meant. I got you. I have been smoking some weed, <laughs> believe it <laughs> or not. If if you can suspend your disbelief for just a moment, um. No, I did actually finish that. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, there's some, I don't know, it gets a little too heavy with just them spouting techno babble like nonstop for long periods of time. Um, but at the same time, it was pretty cool. It took a lot of it definitely took a lot of beats from Shin Godzilla, but it also did a lot of different and interesting things. Uh did some interesting recontextualizations of a lot of things we've seen in Godzilla before, but kind of reworking it. I don't know how okay. I some of the AI stuff is a bit funky. There's one AI character that becomes like a really big thing through the series that I'm not a huge fan of. But there's also another one they do that kind of relates in with Jet Jaguar as a character that is way, way better and way more interesting. The other one's not bad, though. There were some interesting things they did with it, but I'm kind of getting into some sort of nitpicking territory. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was pretty cool. The monster designs were pretty dope. The action when it hit, it was really rad. I, you know, it was a fun time. It was quite entertaining. I I would not say that I'm let down by it, and I, th I think I would definitely recommend it if you got a Netflix subscription. Okay. Would you say yeah. that even someone who, you know, isn't really into the Godzilla movies or franchise would still enjoy it? I'd say if that person were an anime fan, yeah, probably. Um... If you're not really much of a fan of anime, I don't know if I would necessarily point you in this direction. I don't think this is the one that's going to win you over. Okay, fair. Um, but yeah, it, it it does play like I don't know. There's a lot of things that feel very just anime to me, but at the same time, it does capture I think uh, quite nicely like the spirit of like the Godzilla films in a pretty interesting way. Uh, even if it does some like weird things with it, I guess. And I have seen a pretty big complaint around that is somewhat valid and that we don't really see a lot of Godzilla in the series. Um, cause yeah, after I had watched more of it from the last time we recorded, it's, uh, yeah, he, he didn't show up a whole lot more, but I mean, the times that he did though were quite impactful. So. It's, it's, you know, they pay a lot of homage to a lot of other things, too, though, um, through other just different creature and, like, monster designs or, or other things that they're just kind of nodding to throughout the franchise. Okay, that's cool. What about it, you, Dingo? Oh? Oh, sorry, I was gonna say, it is nice when uh, they, like, pay tribute to, like, the old one and kind of, like, the nice homage like that. Yeah, it can definitely be interesting to see. Um, 
in this it was just neat too because they didn't just sort of reference it they kind of integrated it in an interesting way generally and usually kind of turning the idea of it on its head a little bit um it was it was cool it was definitely pretty cool for me did not watch any anime or tv really in this last couple weeks have mainly just been doing a lot of reading oh Oh, interesting What Uh, what have you been reading so, for the most part, been reading like tabletop RPG books. And I I'm, guessed that. Yeah, I've been running. I'm, well, I'm going to be running two games relatively. Yeah. I'm running one now that since October, and I'm going to start one not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. So, have been doing a lot of reading to prepare for both of those. Well, I know the one you do is D&D 5e. Yeah. Um, what's the other one that you're going to be looking gonna at? Be starting? Troika. Oh, oh Troika. <laughs> that is uh, that's quite a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. I You mentioned that, and all I can immediately think is the fucking games that Dougie hosted for us with that. Oh, those yeah. one-shots. Definitely some inspiration from that. Yeah, legendary. Some of those, holy fuck. Uh, what's Troika? Uh, it's just like a RPG system for you know to run. Like Dragons is one system you can use for 5e specifically. But yeah, Troika is just another one that's very much simple down, but also has like this science plus fantasy elements to it. Oh, mixes up. It's got some interesting stuff yeah. around, like the skills and the different classes that they can let you play and stuff like that too. Yeah, well, Dungeon and Dragons Five E has like a list of skills that are like in hard in stone that you kind of your character can specialize in. In this game, you can they give you like some general ones, and if you want, you can kind of just make some up. Huh, it's kind of the beauty. Really, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's the beauty of this game is that it's a lot more streamlined and not as rule heavy, which I found was perfect for the group I was going to be playing with next because they don't have a lot of experience with these games. I think so, even I don't know. I've always been one to prefer a more like story driven like narrative driven thing rather than being super like rules heavy and real crunchy i think each has its place like when i play 5e a lot of my players get a lot of satisfaction from being like okay this is how i'm gonna make the most out of my turn and seeing you them get super high numbers on their damage but others Mm -hmm. don't really want to remember a huge list of skills or abilities and just want to be like, hey, I want to do this cool thing without being limited. No, that's fair. And and I I certainly think both are valid. And I, there's yeah. times where I can enjoy um, something that's a bit more uh, up that alley for sure. But I just think it's, it's more just like a preference thing. Yeah. I, I yeah, I find mm-hmm. it can be more interesting at times, but i guess that's just me i i think for me though the story element and the role playing is kind of what's more interesting to me and seeing that kind of develop very organically i think is what's more interesting to me with these games than the the rules and the the technicalities of it but when they interact well with the uh <clears throat> excuse me with the storytelling it can be really interesting oh yeah uh when you i guess would play one of these games do you have a preference on the kind of game that's run like do you enjoy more of a sandbox where the game master throws you an area and you and the players decide what you want to do or do you want a more specific tale being told that you're pushed towards yeah i think both can be really cool um i think the bigger like I feel like in a lot of cases, I would probably go somewhere kind of in between a little bit in trying to keep it a bit open-ended, but at the same time have a general idea of kind of 
where I'm going to gently kind of direct things towards if you I have can, an objective. But, but yeah, you want to be able to uh, roll around the area as well. Yeah, because I think the the openness and the, the agency really is what makes these games shine because it's something you can't really replicate with code right now. Yeah. Like you can't have like a, you know, however expansive, like, you know, the next Elder Scrolls is uh, when Bethesda finally rolls that out, right? Like it, it still won't be as expansive as something like Dungeons and Dragons can be because there is no limit. It's just up to yours and the GM's imagination, right? So yeah. I think the more freedom you give the players, the better. Like you're playing more to the advantage of the game type, right? Yeah. And it's interesting you kind of say that you like a mixture because the Dungeons and Dragons game I'm running, I'm running the adventure Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. And okay. it, it tries to do this. It in the first, I'm gonna say third of the game, it's very much a sandbox adventure where it just tells you, hey, here's all the essentially quests in this area. And you can just drop your players in one area and then let them kind of go where they find is more interesting and let them do what they want. But then okay. once you get to the second and third thirds of the game, it's very much, okay, here are the, like, the big plot points that we've hinted at throughout the game, and now we're essentially railroading you into it because these antagonists are now like on the move and doing the thing. And I find it's kind of weird. Yeah, it feels like it's just a basically like you're in an initial area, you pick the the one you want to do, and then that's what you're you're essentially going through, and it's kind of on you as the GM to try your best to mask that that's the case. Yeah, in a sense. <laughs> huh. And it's funny because when I gave my players that kind of freedom, the first couple of sessions, they like told me like, it's cool. But I don't really know what to do. Uh, and, I, and so it was interesting when I gave the players the freedom of the sandbox area of the game. They were like, I just don't know what to do. Like, yeah, I have some ideas of where we could go, but I don't know if I want to do that. It's like almost they have too many choices and then they okay. can't have that paralysis. Where it's they like, oh, what, what to do? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's where I see sort of the mix of it, right? Where it's you, you put them in a big open area, but then you, you basically kind of just give them a nudge in the right direction. Or what I also really enjoy, too, that I think works well as a nice mixture is you basically put the players in a situation where they're starting out at a point where it's they basically have to explore outward from where they initially started. And that's kind of the whole point. Like, they they like one idea I had for for a session that I was going to try and run at some point. I, I wasn't quite sure what system I was going to use, but it was just like I had a flash of an idea one night and I wrote out this whole thing for this idea of a uh, little like uh, few session uh, like dungeon crawl, basically. But the whole idea is that the party would wake up after like a night out, like drinking and partying and stuff, blackout, like kind of like hangover style, wake up in this like prison cell like deep in this dungeon no idea how any of them got there but now you need to try and escape and find your way out and, but there's no real direction on what you need to do it's just kind of up to the players to basically figure it out and explore and find their way out kind of thing okay yeah hmm. yeah because the only other way that i've thought of is doing the open world at you know sandbox at first let the players kind of see what they're interested in and then kind of build or build more detail about the narrative of this little like hint that you provide early on because they show interest in that like let's yeah. say in the, they're in this poor town and they have like hey there's a war going on or hey this criminal syndicate is hiring okay. if they show more interest in that side of the story that you've kind of made then you write more details about that and instead of just you give them that choice to see okay which areas of the world you've created are more interesting to them and then you build that out 
So, okay, so you don't really give them an objective like, oh, you need to go do this. Like, you need to go save the princess. It's like, oh, well, there's a war going on now, but, like, you don't have to do anything. Yeah, it's there. like, like just, you... yeah, just gather intel. See what yeah, they it's like, like, do you want to, is that something that interested? Do you want to, like, yeah. join the war effort or something? Like, okay, then, then I'll start building out more details about what you do for the war instead of, hey, here's a war. There's a lot of guys recruiting. Oh, maybe you should, you know, there's probably some good money in that instead of, you know, really pushing the idea that this is what they're going to do. Yeah. I think that's kind of fair. And I mean, I think, I think really, because as much as we kind of talk about like that idea or like almost kind of scoffed, I guess, initially at that idea of just sort of like an open area where players can kind of find like, almost kind of what, because I mean, what the module did almost is kind of what you're describing, right? It's like, offering up these threads and then whichever one they pull you just follow that along like i mean i think maybe the less you can try and railroad it i guess the better but i think something like that could work well for like something long term because i mean that's kind of what we have for like our blades in the dark campaign that we yeah, oh yeah uh, it is a hundred percent because i mean that's kind of the idea is like it, it generally uh degree stew or gm will basically give us uh after we complete like whatever big like job heist mission whatever it is that we were just on uh basically like here's like you know a set of options we basically have for where we can kind of go next and it's kind of after each one of those it's kind of further developed out this ongoing sort of like story of our group and you know the things we've gone through and that's kind of shaped like the relationships the paths that we have available and sort of like ongoing like subplots and like b plots and stuff that are kind of running in the background as other things are going on like it, it felt it like it really does i mean we've been playing it for a few years so like it it does feel like it's uh it's definitely had like some arcs yeah and it's interesting because like we'll do like peel off like a heist we can do and we'll go on that but then like maybe there's something that happens to one of our, our player characters and we are all of our attention is on that, and that's what we're interested in pursuing. Like, for one of our player characters, Douglas, he <laughs> essentially found this, like, fish statue that was represented as, like, fish demon. Because he took such an interest in that, and some of our other players, Didgeridoo, like, expanded that a bit. Okay. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's this crazy guy that just wants this fish statue, and he's coming after your crew now. <laughs> and if... yeah. If Dolo didn't really take the statue or give any interest, we probably wouldn't really mattered. Yeah, and where we are now, that guy is dead, but that giant fish demon is like slowly walking its way like a giant kaiju in the distance to come like fuck <laughs> up the city that we're in. Uh, but now at least uh, Dougie's character is starting to get to a point after this past session where he might actually be able to start getting rid of the ghosts that have literally been haunting him for a while. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was a good session. Oh man, play tabletop RPGs, guys. If you have yeah. like find some Ooh. people, and it's just trust me, it's a great time. Um, but if also be cool, don't be the shithead about it because there that can also happen i just oh, remember yeah. Stu telling me some stories about this one dude i guess who do games in town and he fucking seemed like a real chud <laughs> yeah it's like you hear like a lot of horror stories about either game masters that are just either not very good like in terms of being fun to be around whether they plays favorites or are very much against hurting your player characters i guess or just dipshit players who just ruin it for everyone yeah and it's tough because in some cases it's just they need more experience right and yeah it, but it's, at some points too it can also be challenging i think the gms are like a slight bit worse just because i think that can like basically ruin the game for a lot of people at once yeah whereas like a bad player can you can just kick it, them out or something if it comes to that and yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little easier to uproot and deal with that uh, especially if you have a good GM, but yeah. it's also like, yeah, even if it doesn't come to that point, they've just been kind of a pest. It's it's a little easier to work around, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel lucky that I haven't had to really deal with that, although I, yeah, it's 
Yeah, it's definitely nice having a group like ours where a lot of us are, you know, pretty chill. <laughs> yeah. I in terms of guy getting into like tabletop RPGs, I think for for one, a lot of there's a lot of people that don't really want to be the game master. Yeah, Why? a lot of people it's are a lot really of responsibility and like you have to put some work into it, but you just want to play. Yeah, game master seems like a lot of work. And for them, I would highly recommend getting like an eventual module, either from Wizards of the Coast or from somewhere else, and just—I wouldn't say run it as it's written, because usually it that it doesn't end up being the greatest time. But like, use that as like the main bulk of what you're gonna do in the game. So it's just the night before something, you gotta read it, make sure you understand what's gonna happen and stuff, and then just go from there. And then okay. as you play these adventures, you're gonna have a better idea of, okay, this is how you balance encounters, or like, what's what your players like, and then you can either create your own stuff, or you know, do whatever. Yeah, I mean, you don't... To, to enjoy these games, you don't necessarily have to, like, homebrew everything. I like yeah. to take that approach just because I really, like, I have a lot of fun with world building and, like, coming up with cool characters yeah. and monsters and shit. But, like, yeah, you definitely don't need to go that hard just to yeah. have some fun with it. You see, part of me, I, I do like world building, but there's a lot of other elements that I'm not very good at, and... I tried to run a Shadowrun game once, and I think that's why it failed, because it's a lot more work, and I wasn't quite ready for that, or always in the creative mood to put the effort in. If it's the campaign that I was a part of, that was pretty fun, though. It was pretty. It was fun, but yeah, it was one of those things where I didn't love the rules of the game, and when I tried to change it, I it never really worked the way I wanted it to. Oh, okay. And then it was just balancing the mechanics with the world building and all that. It was like, this is a bit much. We also yeah. had like an extremely weird crew for that. We one. did. <laughs> we did. Like, it's the same group we have for our Blades in the Dark campaign. The only difference was that uh, Didgeridoo was playing and you were GMing for that one. Yeah. As you mentioned. But yeah, we, we had a weird crew. <laughs> Yeah, it's just an odd mix. Like, I actually do enjoy being the game master of the DM. It's just I don't. I'm not always in a position where I can put in the work to make something completely homebrew. So that's why I I like to recommend like pre-built adventures for people who are just starting. Yeah, I mean you can always check out um, drive-through RPG. Yeah, I I use that so much. Because there's a lot of uh, like campaigns and modules people will write yeah. to and just release on there that aren't necessarily like official, but you know provide some interesting stuff you can do. Oh yeah, no, I I've bought rule systems off there. I've bought adventure modules off there. I've even bought like just little like homebrew expansions to rule sets, like whether it's Dungeons and Dragon classes or other stuff. It's, it's okay. great. It yeah. is a very cool world. Yeah, but uh, no, that's essentially how I've been spending a lot of my time doing that kind of reading. And then the other reading I've been doing is just a little bit of ancient history. Oh, oh interesting. Any specific like era or just no, kind just, of like just like kind of like the earliest documentation we have. Like I'm reading a little oh. bit of like the beginning of the Egyptians. Egypt, okay, Egypt oh, empire, empire, but yeah, I just kind of been doing the, that. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. You know, history has always been something that I've been interested in. Oh, yeah. I, I do have a uh, fondness for history, personally. Yeah. And it's just kind of... What did I say? It, it kinda, you kind of get an admiration for where we are now when you read about like how early civilization started. And oh, even yeah. Just like seeing like oh how the egyptians used these clay tablets for writing and how much of a pain in the ass that is because once you write and it dry, you know, dries well that's it but also it starts to deteriorate real quick oh yeah <laughs> so keeping like a huge library or maintaining a huge library sorry is also a huge pain and it's just, it's just a lot of interesting things 
history can be really cool to read about. I find I, I can definitely be the kind of person like fall down like a Wikipedia rabbit hole reading about different historical stuff for sure. And even like a lot of whether it's like anime or TV series that are you know fictional in some sense, usually are inspired by certain world events. Certain like events, yeah. yeah. Well, even like uh, not even just anime, but like uh, certain elements of like pulp culture is uh inspired from real life events. Like for example, like Dracula. I, like I guess he was inspired by like a real life uh emperor, not emperor, uh like leader from the 1400s called like Vlad yeah. the Impaler. Yeah, from yeah. Transylvania. You can take a guess on how he got that nickname. But yeah, oh, he yeah. was the inspiration for uh the original Dracula. Yeah. No, I'm just not, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've read anything about Dracula, but yeah, that's it's pretty interesting, like how like myths can be made or from like history and how usually some myths have some substance of uh like real life. Yeah. Oh, mythology is an area I very much enjoy. I've loved it dearly for Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mythology's always cool. One of the books, one of the books I want to read at some point is the Iliad. Oh, that that sounds familiar. It's just like a lot of like Greek myth stories. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, Homer, right? Yeah. Yeah, Iliad and the Odyssey. Oh, yeah. That would be cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's some that I think will be interesting to read i think it'd be interesting to actually try and sit down and read through like the edda prose um the the big like series of epic poems that are like a pretty big basis for a lot of what we know about norse mythology would be interesting i i do need to kind of like read into like other mythologies because for the most part i really only know like greek and roman like the two like really popular ones oh you absolutely should there's some really cool stuff out there yeah, like there's a Celtic mythology. You you got the Norse, the Egyptian, Germanic. Well, like this might sound uh, a little sad, but I know like uh, some like gods and stuff from like uh, the game Smite. Like they yeah. take gods from all kinds of mythologies, and like yeah. even just like seeing the characters in them. Like obviously, like the in game mechanics are like all made up, but like it's kind of like based off like who they are and like what they did and. Yeah. If that is that right there is like really a good stepping point if you want to like even just get into that. Yeah, then they usually give like been all forever since I tried that game, but they usually give like a little blurb about like oh yeah why, why this character is so significant in mythology. All right, Great. here's why you should give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Another game that's like that: Age of Mythology. Anyone Ooh. that's ever played like Age of Empires or oh, Real Time yeah. Strategy, Ooh. that's a really good. It, essentially, you can play you know, like the Greek civilization, the Egyptian, or the Norse. Okay. And essentially, yeah, they all play very uniquely and differently. And it's very fun when they you summon like kind of like an army of cyclopses <laughs> go walking around, or like a you know just like this armada of like phoenixes. <laughs> And then you can also have like god powers where you can summon like oh. a meteor swarm or an earthquake on a person's cap and just wreck it. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and do more read on the history and maybe, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of mythology that you should, it's, it's a huge rabbit hole that you could go down, especially oh, yeah, for sure. playing Dungeons and Dragons lately. There's this whole like sub. Like monster type called Fae, which are just a lot of them are inspired by Celtic mythology. Ah, uh, yes. Just like you got like your pixies, your fairies, your dryads, and all of that. Thing that just always fucks me up reading about Celtic mythology is really cool, but I feel like I struggle to like everything, like every name of everything, like most nouns that are in like anything written about it. I fucking struggle with because <laughs> I know however it's written is almost guaranteed to not be like how you pronounce it. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. all in Gaelic. And I don't <laughs> really know Gaelic. No, yeah, no, me either. 
but <laughs> it's something I want to look into more. Oh yeah, man. I uh, one bit of history I always enjoyed reading about as much as it's gonna make me sound like a huge fucking weeb. Um, <laughs> the Sengoku Jidai period of Japanese history really? is oh. uh, particularly rad. It, well, it, it it is the like the famous history like moment in like Japanese history that is like it, it it's like the time of samurai and ninja shit sure. like it's it, oh, it okay. is that period. So basically, <laughs> I don't remember exactly. I I always <laughs> my biggest point of reference for how it went is actually from uh oh what the fuck I don't remember the guy's YouTube channel. Um, is it like all oh, history within ten minutes or something? Like yeah, that? basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Um, he basically, yeah, because it basically there's a point where uh, the guy, there was a guy who was the emperor, but then he basically uh, didn't have a kid, so there was no heir, uh, or he wasn't going to have a kid, so there wasn't going to be an heir. So there was a bunch of people that supported his brother becoming the next emperor, I believe. But then that guy did have a kid. So then it was basically like, well, we're not going to let this, like some people supported him because he was the rightful heir, but a yeah. bunch of other people supported uh, the the brother or the uncle of the kid, basically. Um, and it basically became a big, like, split down, like, you know, most of Japan between, like, who was, it's just big war between both sides. And it basically just came to a point where all the feudal lords in each clan, like, in each area, realized, like, hey, I can just say fuck it to all of this and stop paying taxes back up to Kyoto. And what if I were actually ruler of Japan? Because I, I could be that. I could beat up all the other clans. And then it just became, like, a huge everything splintered and just everyone was fighting everybody and it was just open war across japan for a, a big long while um but what's really cool about it though because that that's basically uh if you've heard of like the the famous uh samurai warlord oda nobunaga like that that was like that was his his time uh, but it, the whole thing basically culminates with uh, Tokugawa Ieyasu uh, taking power and basically unifying Japan again. And that leads into the Edo period, which was this really big period of peace. But they also basically like barred off like basically every other nation from like interacting with or like trading with Japan, except for the Dutch at like, I think, like one specific port. Okay. Um, but it, it was a big time of growth, but they, they also kind of like part of what was interesting is sort of in the midst of that transition between that period and there uh i forget mitsuhide i forget his name now um but he there was another guy who was in power between basically when nobunaga was in power and and before tokugawa ieyasu took power uh and he basically was like fuck it we're gonna take over <laughs> all of asia uh but particularly we're gonna go fuck up china but of course, what's between Japan and China? And that's well, that's Korea. Well, Korea at that point was in a bit of a rough state because there's a lot of government corruption, basically. Uh, and for the most part, their ground military wasn't particularly strong because they were mostly just fighting off, uh, you know, like pirates and stuff, and you know, raiders. Like not not serious military threats. They had a pretty good navy and a more developed navy than what the Japanese had. But uh, the Japanese started invading, and basically, anytime they made landfall, it was like brutal. They would just like just carve their way across Korea. And I think it through the war that went on. I think it was like two main invasions that happened. I think by the like getting towards the end of the second one, they had like almost pushed like the Korean like royalty out of Korea. Uh, but like China was basically like, coming to their aid and backing them up too. But um, in the midst of all of this, there is one one man, Admiral <laughs> Yi. And the story of Admiral Yi is some fucking rad shit. Because he is basically this, like, he is still today regarded as, like, one of the best naval commanders in the history of our world. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a pretty big... Yeah, like, like, one of the best, like, naval commanders of all time. Because he basically, like, pretty much single-handedly saved Korea from the Japanese. Oh, wow. Because he would basically, there was a big period where he was, like, basically commanding this fleet, and 
anytime the Japanese ships were coming, he would basically just with his fleet just destroy them, absolutely decimate them. Because Japanese ships didn't really have cannons; they had the uh, like the uh, musket cannons that they had. Uh, uh, forgetting what they were called. Um, if you've seen uh, Princess Mononoke, it's those like shoulder-mounted guns that they would use. Um, I forget what the fuck they're called though. Uh, anyways, samurai used them at the time. They were, they were pretty cool. Um, but yeah, they they would they had those, but they didn't have like cannons like the the Korean ships did. But he also developed the fucking turtle ship, which is literally this like I don't think there there's any like surviving uh, remnants of any of them other than just like designs or like like images and stuff that they had from the time, like like uh, like uh, drawings and stuff like that. I, I would yeah. imagine. Um, but basically, they were these ships that were like they had like a hard shell on top basically they didn't have like an open top like most ships at the time would have had this big like covering on top and then just cannons out like all sides and they would basically just like sail it up the middle of like the enemy fleet as they basically like came around either side with like a pincer and just like fucked their shit up and that was like a just a brutal tactic but yeah it was uh it was pretty nuts i think in like the final fight that they were in he ended up dying, but they were basically like somebody like puts. I think it, like his son maybe even like puts on his uniform, basically like pretends to be him so that the troops don't lose morale, just to oh. like keep everyone like believing yeah, that he's still fair. going. And yeah, it's it's nuts. He's definitely look up the the story of him. He's it's some cool shit. Battles? I probably butchered the retelling of all of that, <laughs> I would oh, say, yeah. but it's dope. It's real cool. Oh yeah, so good little history lesson. Honestly, like just kind of battles in general have always like really fascinated me and just like how people like fought way back in the back in the day. Like just uh for example, like people like lining up with muskets and just shooting at each other, like that's just nuts to me. You're just, you're just like standing still, like, okay. Am I gonna get shot this wave? <laughs> yeah. No, okay. Reload, fire. <laughs> Next way, am I dead? Okay, no. There's oh, definitely wait, there some, some battles I've been in playing Chivalry 2 recently that have <laughs> felt like that a little bit at the start. Or just both teams lined up in front of each other and it just starts out and your your guy, like, you don't have to do anything. Your guy just starts out running, just sprinting at the other team. And it's like, they're like 50-50 chance you don't get immediately murdered. Yeah. <laughs> God. That's a good game. Oh, it is a good game. It's so good. I've been playing so much of it lately. I gotta get back into it once my wrists feel better. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Oh my god, it's oh, I get so into it at some points. It's uh, I'm guessing the networking hasn't gotten any better with it. Uh, well, I don't know. I haven't. It's been a little bit since I tried playing with anyone else from our group. I've just been kind of like solo queuing a little bit here and there. But I, I'm gonna say probably not. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine. Hoping the couple of weeks I was gone, there would have been some improvement. <laughs> would have been something. Uh, yeah. Is, you say it's, it's just like uh, not the UI, the kind of like just loading in stuff, like trying to form, form a party. Yeah. I like guess it's just too hard. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird, like. If you go through like your friends list, it'll one person could be like in a game, but on your list of friends, it'll say they're offline. Oh, okay. And, and it's just like the networking is terrible. And if you party invite, no one gets it. Ah. Uh, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, it's that is pretty frustrating. I know uh, Dead by Daylight isn't really the greatest with that either. <laughs> Yeah, well, you and my boyfriend had to jump through a bunch of hoops because I think he unfriended you by mistake, and that meant you guys couldn't see each other to like re-add each other as friends in the game. Oh yeah, that's another just stupid thing, just like bad UI, uh, like yeah, the interface. Because uh, when you go to invite someone to a game, it gives you like four options: like invite player, join friend, unfriend, or block. And it's like he accidentally hit uh, unfriend because it's right below the uh right, the join party oh, okay. or the join option so he meant to hit join but he hit that by accident 
And there was no like, are you sure you want to unfriend this? It's like, no, okay, we we got you. This guy is off the <laughs> list. Obviously, you wouldn't press this unless you really meant it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, he unfriended me, and just trying to find each. Yeah, he only unfriended me. He didn't block me. So like, just trying to <laughs> find each other again, like it was just impossible. We just could not find each other. We just did not exist to each other I, after that. I basically had to boot into the game and have them both join like my lobby so yeah. that they could be in like the same room together and they could re-add each other. Oh my god. Because <laughs> yeah, we had like they give you like this like search option where they give you like this little code. It's like, okay, we'll search up that code. That's our unique code. Nothing pops up. It's like oh okay. That just doesn't exist. Then we had yeah, join uh, Bigby's lobby. Both of them, in, us, both of us in there. It's like, oh, well, finally, we can, we can, we can play together again. Well, maybe we should start making our way over to the shoutout corner, do some shoutouts, oh. some things we want to shout out, and recommend to all the good folks out there. Um, I have some things. Um. But if someone else would like to go first, you are welcome to. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I guess I could recommend this. Uh, if you're still a child like me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Steam the Steam Summer Sale is going on. Uh, oh, so a lot shit. of games are on sale. Uh, I recently picked up Balloons Tower Defense 6 for $2. Oh, boy. I've seen you playing that recently. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've, that it's been pretty fun. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of having to pay for a balloons game because, like I said, like I when I was a child, like these games are just free online games. So I just personally think it shouldn't get to pay for. But whatever, it's different different decade. Uh, but it is a fun game. Like it's just bringing back a lot of nostalgia from when I would just go home after school, play these like flash games like this. Uh, they've updated it pretty nicely, which is like new characters and different types of enemies. It's it's been a fun time. Like I've definitely gotten uh, two dollar more than two dollars worth of fun out of it. I'll say that much. Nice. So yeah, if you want to like, yeah, if you want like a nostalgia run, uh, if you did play this back in the day, I yeah, go pick this up. It's two bucks at the moment, and you can have some fun times for two dollars. That's pretty good, honestly. There's a part of me kind of tempted to go for that, and I might. Ooh. What about you, Dingo or Big V? You got okay. anything good ju- and juicy? Ooh. I mean, how do you guys feel about recommending another podcast? Wait a minute. <laughs> All right, no, go for it. Recommending our comp. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just joking. Okay. I may, I may have talked about this before, but you know, we'll, we'll do it. You know, because something cool is happening. Uh. Go for it. It is by the McElroy brothers, the Adventure Zone. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> oh. So, I mean, for anyone who's not really aware of what this is, it's essentially the McElroy brothers have this D&D podcast that they do. And it's great. And the their latest kind of project in their podcast, it's called the A3C. And essentially, oh, yeah. they're using this system called called the Quiet Year to essentially make the map and the world they're building together, and then they're gonna play in it after. It, Wait, uh, say that I, again. Sorry, they're making a world and playing it after. Yeah. So essentially, they're using this system called the Quiet Year to essentially build the world that they're eventually gonna play in. Oh, and it's oh, so, so it's they're almost, not really building. Oh, well. Okay, sorry. I'll let you continue. I, I get. I. No, I'm yeah, but it's just like they'll building the world together, and then the players are going to essentially get to play in the world that they helped create. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, and I've kind of listened to like this prologue of them making the world, and it's pretty cool, and I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what comes out from it. But even if you know... But like they have other you know adventures and games on that podcast, and I would definitely check them out. I watch my brother, my or watch. I listen to my brother, my <laughs> brother, and me pretty often. Um, their main podcast that the Macalories do, it's quite good. And uh, the the Monster Factory series that Griffin and Justin do together. Um, I need to watch. I need to watch. Fuck me. I need to listen. 
to more uh, adventure zones. I have not really given that as much of a listen as I should have. And uh, I did hear, because I do listen to Mabim Bam uh, pretty regularly, they played a trailer mid-episode uh, for the new Ether C uh, series for uh, Taz. And it's, uh, yeah, it sounded pretty cool. And uh, the, the way he kind of talked about it, and kind of like the initial, like, kind of set up for the world, I guess, seemed really interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's funny, actually, that you, I think, introduced me to the Adventure Zone. Yeah. But then I ended up watching it, most of it, and you just only watched a few episodes. Yeah, I need to really get through it. I would like to. I will say, I, for, like, the yeah. first, like, very first game that they play, it's a little slow at the beginning. So I can understand people kind of get disinterested if they start right at the beginning, but you get through the first few episodes, it's great. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely have to get it more of a go. Well, I guess it's to me now. Um, I got a couple different recommendations, actually. Um, I, one of them is a little bit smaller, but I do want to just throw it out there. I discovered an app, like a website in general, but it's it's got an app as well. Uh, it's called Shout TV, or no, Shout Factory TV, I should say. I believe is the actual name of it. Um, should get that down before I try and <laughs> on the show, I guess. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. They got a lot of like older shows, um, but it's it's all free. I just you know basically just download the app off whatever app store you have, depending on your phone. And it's uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of older stuff. The main reason I'm recommending it is because they have a pretty nice selection of older tokus or well, older and modern like tokusatsu stuff. Because uh, they actually have a section called Tokushotsu specifically uh, for it. And uh, it's quite nice. I've been checking out. They got a lot of older and newer, like, Ultraman stuff. So I've been checking that out. Checking out some Ultraman. Oh, Ultraman. Ultra 7. Uh, as well as Ultraman Jeed. Uh, and it's been, it's been pretty cool. But they got some Kamen Rider on there. They got Super Sentai. Um, so whatever you're, you're looking for. Definitely recommend that. But my bigger recommendation... My main oh, recommendation this a week. Two-parter. We got some fucking. It's some anime, but it's some really fucking good anime. Oh, and this is an anime called Odd Taxi. Okay. Okay. I neither of you have heard of this. I'm guessing. No. no. Okay. Well, if you didn't hear about it from me, you're gonna hear about it eventually because this show came out like just this year. Um, actually, oh. it's I. It was just last week that the last episode uh, released, um, and aired in Japan. It's on Crunchyroll. Do not miss this show, hundred percent. Okay, it is incredible. It is incredibly good. It's a bit. I'll say it's a bit slow, but it does some really interesting stuff and it's really, really well written and it's got a really cool style, especially visually. Um, like the art and animation are like crazy. It's, it's pretty simple, but it's got a stylized design. And part of the whole thing with this world is it's basically all, it does the whole thing of like, everybody's like an anthropomorphic animal, but it's in like Tokyo, I think, uh, basically as kind of like you know modern day city setting it doesn't do like a lot with the animal aspect of it it's more just kind of like a stylistic thing in this case it's not like zootopia or like b stars yeah. or something like that where it, it it's doing something more with the angle of their animals and the whole like predator prey kind of thing like it's not really dealing with that it's more just like a stylized thing but it's all centered on the main character, uh, this like middle-aged like walrus dude named Otokawa. Um, and he works as taxi driver. And we start to kind of learn a bit more as we get through it, but it, it's basically a lot of it is just him and his interactions as he's working his taxi job and with some people that he just sort of knows, like friends or acquaintances and stuff, and sort of like the relationships that he has with that. It's almost kind of like has some moments of just feeling very like slice of life esque, but a lot of the show actually gets pretty dark dealing with like uh, a lot of the central plot ends up centering around this mystery of like this disappeared like 
uh, high school girl and what has happened with her uh, as he's basically interacting with like, you know, the, some situation going on with these like idol singers. And there's this other plot line of these other two guys who are like trying to become like successful, like comedy stars and stuff and entertainment. They do like a radio show together. But then there's also this other thing around, you know, this guy who was trying to become like a really popular dude on the Internet and go viral and shit. And uh, then there's like this other guy who's his friend who's, you know, trying to trying to get into a relationship and find love and stuff like that, even though he's like kind of uh, getting on in years and is kind of washed up. It's it's one of those shows where it's a lot of different characters uh, in different uh, like sort of plot lines going on. But all of the other characters that we're getting introduced to, like their paths are crossing as the series is going on. And it's it's super interesting. It gets surprisingly dark and tense at points because uh, like, it doesn't shy away from like, you know, potential murder and like some particularly uh, like some disturbing like psychological stuff going on at points sometimes and uh, dealing with like Yakuza shit and like, you know, some some real like uh, uh-huh. real threats of serious violence, but at the same time still feeling kind of grounded and at some points very like chill and lax and uh, just a really great experience. And I don't know, it's it's super great, it's super charming. It's I strongly, strongly recommend it. I've heard similar things about uh, another show called Bojack Horseman. Uh, <laughs> just kind of like, yeah, it's like all nice and uh, light at first, but yeah, it's one, not really uh, one to shy away from like serious stuff, and it does like get dark, that deals yeah. with like, depression, stuff like that. I haven't seen it, either of these shows, but from what how you were describing uh, Odd Taxi, I just kind of sparked my, or made me think of that. Yeah, I would say there's some pretty big differences between the two. I would not really say they oh, yeah. are uh similar oh yeah i'm not saying they're similar either just kind of those elements you're saying maybe no then i i think that's a very fair comparison um and and not a bad one by any means but yeah i just i just definitely didn't want to give people the impression that oh yeah like like bojack horseman because it definitely is not uh but it's very good taxi being like wholesome and stuff bojack is horseman is not wholesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's Honestly, there's even some points where it almost kind of gives me like Yakuza vibes, like the games a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I would say it definitely feels a bit more grounded and a bit more serious than that. And not, not that Yakuza doesn't ever take itself seriously, but there's, there's always, uh, at least with a lot of the goofy stuff in Yakuza, there, there is kind of a tongue-in-cheek element to it. Where as this doesn't really have that, it just gets kind of dark at points. Yeah. Uh, but definitely recommend it because yeah, uh, it's uh, the character designs are a lot of fun too. Um, let me see if I can find. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I'm looking at some of them right now. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, nice. there you go. Yeah, I'm looking at some of them now too. Uh, this might be an odd comparison, but I'm, just the character designs kind of remind me of a little bit of Spirited Away. Just like yeah, some of, like that the way they're drawn, the creatures. Oh yeah, maybe like, very minor compared. Like I can like, yeah. yeah but it does look like a pretty interesting show. It's quite good. I'm not quite done it yet, but I'm getting pretty close to the end. And everything I've been hearing from anyone else online has been similarly very, very positive. So nice. it's, uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. And I, I think it's it's definitely going to be one of my favorites from, from this year. So, damn. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe, uh... High praise. That's yeah, that's pretty high. It's pretty fun, but animal taxi murder mystery, maybe murder is uh, it's been it's been pretty neat. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a watch. Definitely, think you should. Maybe it'll but... be like Dorhidora, where I just watch it one night and love it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that'd be pretty cool. That was I, I still I laughed so hard when you sent me that message of like I've watched it all. <laughs> I think Wait, what do you like, mean you've watched it all? That same night or I was all like right after I had just shown it to you. <laughs> like I'm already done. I could my see dude. It's great. 
Yeah, <laughs> but now the real hype because now we got fucking Chainsaw Man coming. It's the same studio, and they're doing like Ooh. the same sort of like CG anime thing for this one. And the trailer looks fucking sick. I actually haven't looked into it too much, despite you know hearing about it. Oh, it the trailer that got released looks pretty nuts. I'm not gonna lie, it looks insanely good. Hey, okay, yeah. I've heard good things about the manga, so. Yep. Oh yeah, it's hard not to with uh, Fly just like gushing <laughs> about it in our fucking yeah. anime channel on our Discord server all the time. Oh, oh yeah. goodness. Uh, it seems like it's a good series, though. Oh yeah. You know what else, though? I think it's time for us to say goodbye for this week. Oh, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us, and always thank you to Dingo for taking the time out to join us as well. Anytime. Yeah, it's always appreciate having you on. Yeah. We all we also really appreciate uh, our good buddy Blackbird Bell, aka Zoo, for letting us use his uh, music for our intro and outro music. Such a cool dude. Such a fine gentleman. <laughs> uh, you should really go check him out. He's got a Spotify, Bandcamp, uh, Soundhound, uh, Twitter as well. We're on Twitter as well, if you didn't know that. Balcony underscore banter. Was uh, was that a Soundhound intentional or? Fuck, maybe. <laughs> we'll go. We'll say it was. Soundcloud. <laughs> Uh, I also have a Twitter uh, at Big V the Wizard. I post some art stuff sometimes. Come check it out. Uh, I also do some streaming on Twitch with our good my good buddy Moose, uh, doing some drawing there. Uh, usually on like Saturdays, we're looking at doing some streams. Uh, come check us out. Come say hi. Uh, Twitch.tv/we underscore one underscore draw. Oh. And yeah i think that's that's all the all the words that have to be said <laughs> i think that's all for this week any last words dingo keep being awesome oh stay hydrated folks she hot out there yeah it's getting oh, warm yeah. out <laughs>